0: our mom Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to listen. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be in perfect, too. And And have have harmony in the home. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 22, where we're going to talk about the model. And before I get into the model, I just have to say that I am about to leave for Rachel Hollis. I am so excited. I'm going to learn so much and bring it all back to you because that is what I am ravenous now about learning is how to teach in a way that makes it click with so many people because it clicked for me and it has clicked. And now I'm just trying to think of all the different ways that I can teach it to you. And the best way that I can teach it to you is if I'm always a student, I'm always a work in progress. Brenda Bouchard's going to be there. Marie for- Forleo, Chris Hogan, Amy Porterfield, Ed Milet, Dave Hollis, obviously, her husband, Trent Shelton, Tom Bailu, and Dean Graziosi. I don't know if I'm saying this right. Okay. If you don't know who those people are, I'm like, I love Rachel Hollis. And I'm like, oh, that sounds amazing. But it's in South Carolina. I don't know about that. And then I ran the lineup of speakers. I was like, listen to his podcast, listen to her podcast, Uh, seen every YouTube of her, seen every YouTube of him. It was like the lineup is out of control. So I will be bringing it all back to you in little nuggets And teachable moments, applying it to your kids, applying it to your marriage, applying it to your house, applying it to relationship with yourself, applying it to your work, everything. Life Coaching 101. And Katie Castellan wrote to me and she says, wow, it is really hard. I really love your podcast. Please continue to help so many of us through this difficult journey. Thank you for sharing such beautiful knowledge and changing the lives of so many. I mean, come on. How can I stop when I got emails like that coming in? And KPAT13 said, Your podcasts are spot on. I've listened to my fair share of parenting podcasts, and yours by far have hit the home the most. Holla, hitting the home runs. I used to be a softball player. The entire time I'm listening to your podcast, I'm saying, Wow, this is powerful stuff. Wow, she's so right. Wow, I can't wait to try this. I love your podcast. Well, I love you because every single day I wake up, you know what happens. My brain says, stop, Kelly, just enjoy your family. You don't have to share this with everybody. Stop putting yourself out there. It's time to play small. You don't need to keep sharing. Who do you think you are? You're gonna run out of content. What if you run out of material? Every single stinking honkin' day. And you know what I do? I say, amygdala, I hear you, it's okay. We're gonna do this anyway. And my super friend, Dawn, texted me and she says hi there sweet friend just wanted to see how you're doing been listening to your podcast and wanting you to know you're an amazing wealth of knowledge i've been going through a lot and i love listening to you you know how much that means to me because when i was meeting with the podcast producer kim d uh who was amazing i said is there any way that i could put out my podcast and just do it in other countries because i don't want other parents that my kids are friends with to like judge me or the kids or t- judge my kids or judge me or so can I just do it where it's everybody outside of Florida and she's like uh no so Dawn you sending emails and texts like that mean the world to me to keep going and that you know what putting on a pedestal which I appreciate so thank you I do not want to be up there because I will disappoint you and I will fall down and I'll be like Humpty Dumpty I'll be like Humpty Hutchison so today we're talking about the model and the model is life-changing. It can solve any problem. Like I've said before in previous podcasts, I was certified as a life coach through the Brooke Castillo School, Life Coach School, which was amazing. And I thought I knew the model from her teachings until I started studying and applying in my own life and then teaching it to other people. I've always been a student of this work and I've always, you know, I got my counsel, my master's in counseling. I have my undergrad in elementary education. I've worked in preschools and camps and summer camps and been in multiple schools. So I've always been fascinated by this work. I remember going into college, going on Sundays to Barnes & Noble and just sitting in a, those comfy chairs and just reading for hours all these self-help books. So I've always been fascinated by it. And then once I had kids, I kind of like just put it on the back burner because I was so focused on having kids And doing all the life things and that's when life started to get really tricky and really wonky when i stopped doing all that i stopped working on my mind but i didn't even know i was working on my mind because i didn't understand how mind management worked i just knew that i was fascinated with this topic if i ever walk into a bookstore from today until probably i was 16 years old i've always gone to the self-help section i've always been obsessed with it and once i was having so many issues with lily and grady I said, you know what? Let me start doing this a little bit more. And then, of course, I found The Conscious Parent and life changed forever and ever and amen. And so I just became ravenous about these topics. And I read everything from Brene Brown, Dr. Shefali, Tony Robbins, Brendan Bouchard, Eckhart Tolle, Byron Katie. And I was just literally obsessed. When I get obsessed with something, I'm like a dog in heat. I can't stop. And then I found Brooks' work. It's almost like it put everything that I had been learning and studying ravenously, and it put it in a little box and then put a bow on it. And the bow and the box was called the model. And she always says that she did not create this. She took the work of all those people and so many more thought leaders and put it all together and created the model based on their work. And so now she teaches it to others. And now we teach it to others. And it's the, literally the gift that keeps on giving And so I'm going to put this in the show notes. The acronym is CTFAR. I'm obsessed with acronyms. So once I saw the acronym, it was like sold. I'm in. And the CTFAR, I have a picture of it in my office and someone saw it and they said, can we just say CRAFT? Can we just put CRAFT? The CTFAR was really bothering them. But you can't because the way that the mind works and the way that the universe works and the way that our whole lives work is through the model. You can put anything in the model, You can have consciousness around your thinking and around your actions and around your feelings. So I'll go over what the acronym stands for, and then I'll dig deeper into each letter. So the C stands for circumstances, the T stands for thoughts, the F stands for feelings, the A stands for actions, and R stands for results. So this is how every problem and every solution happens in our lives. We can put anything in the model. The C is the circumstance. It has to be neutral. It's always neutral. So you can, it has to be something that can be proven in the court of law. It has to be a fact that if you asked 1 million people, they would all agree. So a circumstance would be, I have a husband. A circumstance in your life might be, I have a four-year-old. So that is the circumstance. It is always a fact. It can be proven in a court of law and it's always neutral. The circumstance happens first and then we have a thought about our circumstance So the thought is just a sentence in our mind. We have 60,000 thoughts a day. 80% of them default to the negative. 90 to 95% of them are unconscious thoughts, meaning we've already thought them before. So the T stands for the thought about the circumstance. After the T comes the F. The F comes from our T. I know that sounds crazy, but our feelings, it's one word. It's an adjective, happy, sad, frustrated, disappointed, angry, sad, And it's a vibration that goes through our body based on the thought that we had right before the circuit. So the circumstance came first, which drove the thought, which drove the feeling, which drives the actions, or it could be inaction or a reaction or laying on the couch. That could be an action. Then you have the result. The result was created by, based on the T, the thought. So you have CTFAR, circumstances drive your thoughts, thoughts drive your feelings, Feelings drive your actions. Actions drive your results. And once I heard this, I was like, oh, Eureka, yes. And then I started putting things into the model. And so we all have models running all the time. And we have unintentional models, which are the unconscious thinking. So once we become conscious about it, we have an unintentional model. And then we have an intentional model. So an example of a circumstance that could be proven in the court of law is... I have laundry in the dryer. So you can prove that to everyone. You can't say I'm overwhelmed by laundry in the dryer. The circumstance is laundry. You can use something basic like laundry or something more complex like going through a divorce. So the C is laundry, which is completely neutral. I can prove it in a court of all. I have laundry sitting in the dryer. Then we have thoughts about our laundry. I hear those thoughts right now. I hear them. You're saying them out loud. That's your unintentional model. That's your unconscious thinking. That's what you've always thought over and over and about laundry. So the thought about laundry might be, I hate laundry. I always do the laundry. Why does my husband do the laundry? I hear moms tell me, there's too much laundry. Where's the laundry fairy? So the thought about, so laundry is not stressful until we have a thought about the laundry. So then our thought, Drives our feeling, and our feeling usually is overwhelmed, annoyed, frustrated, caused by our thought. Again, not caused by the laundry. So then, their circumstances, laundry. So a thought could be, "There is too much. My husband needs to do this." They're always sentences. You can't ever put a question in the thought line. And then the feeling is frustration or annoyed. Then the action is either to not do it or do it angrily, do it in a messy way or not an inaction is definitely an action. And then the result always proves the T, which is the thought. So let's say we don't do it. Then the thought is there is always so much. So then the feeling is frustration and overwhelm. Then the action is not to do it at all. Say, I'll do it later. And then the result always proves the T. There is so much laundry to do. So that is an unintentional model. That is what happens when you don't have mind management. Now, if you want to do an intentional model, you want to have consciousness around the laundry. You choose the thought that you want to have. So a different way to look at it so it doesn't bring you down and create all these emotions and all this vibrations going through your body to prevent that. Or you can be intentional about it or you can be negative about it. The model is not created to slide on unicorns, slide on rainbows and live with daisies in your ears. The model is always to do things with intention. So if you want to be frustrated and overwhelmed with the laundry, then keep thinking the same thoughts. Just know that it's the thoughts causing that feeling, not the laundry. So an intentional model, when you have consciousness around something as neutral as laundry, the circumstances laundry, which everyone has it, every single stinking honking day, it never goes away. That is always gonna be proven in a court of law. So the circumstance is laundry. The thought could be, these are many different thoughts you could have. I'm so thankful I have a washer and dryer. I'm so thankful I have kids so I can do laundry for them. I'm so thankful that I have kids to help me with the laundry. I'm so thankful I have electricity. See how that's a much different thought, which would be giving a feeling of empowered, controlling the raffia, like I talked about in previous episodes. Happy, grateful, thankful, then the action would be to do the laundry with intention and having those thoughts and folding things with love and with kindness and knowing that this all too shall pass, that in 940 Saturdays, they will not be in the house anymore. And then the result is you get the laundry done because the thought always proves the result. Now, this does not mean that you have to think positive things about laundry. You just have to know that the feeling you have about laundry all comes from your thoughts, not the laundry. Now, your brain is going to freak out when you try to go from I hate laundry to I love laundry. That's called cognitive dissonance. That's the gap between what you're currently thinking, which is your unintentional model, and trying to leapfrog to your intentional model, which is what you want to think. So to go from I love I hate laundry to I love laundry is a big leap. So you can have something called a bridge thought That can kind of get you in between the before and after process. So instead of saying, I hate laundry, you could leapfrog to, I have laundry to do. I'm capable of doing this laundry. And then gradually bridge up into, I love laundry. I'm thankful for laundry. So those bridge thoughts offer a way to get to where you currently think and what you want to think because the brain is not going to be on board with all of a sudden to go from I hate laundry, punching the clothes as you're, you know, punching them angrily as you're folding them into laundry is amazing. I wish we could do more laundry. So there is a gap there. But the more you work and you the more you watch your thoughts and the more you think about your thinking, the more you'll realize, oh, I get to think whatever I want to think here. This is really cool. One time, and I used to be really anti-laundry, and this was a couple of years ago. Everyone in the house but me got the flu. It was like, Grady got it, then Lily got it, then David got it. And I didn't know anything about the model then, but I was like, I can't believe this. There's so much laundry. It's never going away because I was washing all the, all the blankets and I was washing all the towels and all the pillowcases every single day. And it just literally never ended. And I remember having this eureka moment thinking, I am going to be doing laundry for the next couple of weeks like this, like probably three to four loads a day. How do I want to, do I want to keep complaining about this? Because this complaining about it is exhausting. The complaining about it is more exhausting than the actual doing of it. And what I was learning then, but I didn't know it was my thoughts were exhausting me. A lot of people are exhausted from their life, but they're not really exhausted from their life. They're exhausted from their thinking. And I only know this because I used to be exhausted, overwhelmed, tired all the time. And I didn't realize that my thoughts were bringing me down. My thoughts were exhausting me. Because I wasn't managing my mind. And my friend, Tina Tice from UCF, we played UCF soccer together. And she said, I challenge you to not complain for 24 hours. I was like, that is going to be easy. And this is before I knew about the model. That is going to be simple, Simon. Because I'm not a big complainer. But once I started doing this exercise, I became very conscious of my thinking. And I realized that my complaining wasn't outward, but it was very much inward. Why aren't they doing this? Why isn't she doing this? Why isn't he doing this? Why do I always have to be this? Why do I, how? why is she always, why is he always? Kelly, why didn't you just do this? Kelly, I can't believe you did this. Like it was insane how much I was complaining in my head about other people and about myself. I was like, complaining is draining. I am so exhausted. And so once you start to uncover your thoughts and you unlayer it and you start pulling thoughts out, sometimes people are scared of what they're gonna feel because of their thoughts. But when you realize it's just a sentence in your mind and that the sentence creates the feeling and the feeling is only a vibration going through your body and it's nothing to be scared of, then it gets super curious. It's like cleaning out your closet. You're so overwhelmed by how messy the closet is. But once you start to pull things out, you're like, oh, I forgot about these shorts. This is amazing. Oh, I don't need this shirt anymore. Oh, I have all this extra space now. When you treat your brain like a closet and you're pulling everything out, and then putting back in only the things that you want, need, and love, and then discarding all the extra fluff, and you all of a sudden you have seven bags to donate, you're like, oh my goodness, what else is in there? What else could I uncover? Let's go do the laundry closet. What's next? And so you put back into your closet the things that you need, the things that you love, the things that you want, and that's the same thing with cleaning out your brain. Your brain is always fuzzy and so filled with like a messy closet. And so when you pull out, And you empty it out and you do what's called a thought download. You just get out all the thoughts, all the good ones, all the bad ones, without judgment, without self-loathing. And you just look at them and think, oh, that's just a thought. It's just a sentence in my mind. And that sentence in my mind is creating this vibration going through my body. Let's choose some good sentences. And a lot of times we're so afraid of feeling a negative emotion. So we buffer away and we try to get away from that negative emotion by eating or excessive sleeping or maybe drinking or maybe shopping or extra Facebooking or just numbing out the negative emotion, when when you really think about it, the negative emotion isn't as painful as the repression and the holding down of that beach ball underneath the water. That is where the pain comes from. Whereas you just say, this is sadness. I feel this in my shoulder blades. I feel a heaviness on top of me. And then you name it, then you can claim it. And you're not so scared of it and you don't have to buffer away from it and run away from it. And then you get to teach your kids to do the same. And you will have lots of junk in there. Every single day I do a thought download. I write down all the thinking I'm having, unconscious and conscious. I write down the thinking that I'm thinking without consciousness. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't even know that was in there. But it's so fun to get out because once it's out, then you get to put back in whatever you want. And there is that, like I said, cognitive dissonance about the way you think now versus the way you want to think, it's kind of like when your kids go into a new grade level, and then someone asks you, and it's like the first week of school, and someone asks you what grade your kids are in. You like Grady and Lily are in third and sixth. So when they went over the summer, people said what grade they're going into. I'm like, uh, I would like stammer and stutter, and I'm like, I eat third and sixth. Oh my goodness, that sounds so crazy to say that. Like Grady just turned nine, so someone asked me how old he is. I always say a nine. He's nine. He's nine. And then after a couple of months go by of me telling everybody and telling myself that he's nine, it's going to flow right out of my mouth. That's cognitive dissonance. That's the difference between an old thought and a new thought. Your old thought was thought so much that he was, they were in second and fifth, second and fifth, second and fifth. I said that for 180 days. Then they start a new grade level. And now I have to say third and sixth. What? This doesn't make any sense. And so the brain just kind of like freaks out a a little bit, like, let me figure that out. I'm having a hard time with that. That's a very small example On how this works on a much deeper level. Think about all those thoughts you were taught when you were young, when when those neuropathways were forming, the thoughts that were put there by your parents based on their parents' thinking, based on their parents' thinking. I was telling my friend Jen today, I was like, I feel like I just woke up from Scientology and I'm like out of the cold of thinking like society wants me to think. I get to think whatever thoughts I want. This is so much freedom. This is so much fun. And so sometimes the circumstance could be something like, I have a husband. Now you can't put as a circumstance, my husband is moody. My husband drinks a lot. You can't put things in there because that's putting judgment. Not everybody would agree with it. Your husband, if you think he drinks too much, I bet he doesn't think he drinks too much. See how that's different? So you put in the C line, my, I have a husband. You can prove that in a court of law. That is neutral. That is a fact. The thought about your husband is what's causing the suffering not your husband. Isn't that crazy? So your old thought might be, he never helps out. Where is he? He's always working. He's always drinking. He's never around. I wish he would do this. I wish he would do this. Look at the thinking that you're having about your husband. Your thinking about your husband is causing your suffering. Your thinking leads to your feelings, which leads to your actions, which leads to results. So when you have consciousness about what you're thinking about your thinking. Then you'll see your husband as neutral and you don't have to change your husband because I don't know if you've tried, but you cannot change another human being. It's literally impossible. And you will spend your life trying to change someone who, number one, doesn't want to be changed. Number two, doesn't need to be changed and is your greatest teacher on where you need to grow. Your husband does not need a life coach. Your husband does not need a coach to tell them how to do better in life. Your husband does not need a mother. Conversely, if you're married, your wife does not need a coach. Your wife does not need a father. Your wife does not need someone else telling them how to live their lives. That is where we get into lots of trouble. So the circumstances, your husband, I'll just use husband because mostly a lot of, a lot of females listening to this show. Husband is neutral. Your thought about your husband, have conscious thinking about it. You want to choose that with intention. You chose this dude that you chose to marry. So think about the way you're thinking about him. So the circumstance could be husband. The thought could be he never helps out. The feeling could be frustration. The action could be to lecture, nag, or put up walls. And then the result is, I will guarantee it, he will help out less. And then we spend our whole life trying to change our husband because we think that's going to make us feel better. And we're giving all our emotional responsibility to our husband. That is a lose-lose. That is not their job to change our feelings. It is our job to examine our thoughts that we're having about the husband. So the intentional model could be, I have a husband. The thought could be, look how hard he works. The feeling could be love. The action could be encouragement. Give him a pep talk like, wow, you really work hard. I can't believe all that you do to our family. And then the result is he does a lot for the family. Do you see how this is almost magical because you're creating consciousness around it? And you'll realize once you become conscious about your thinking and you think about your thinking, you'll realize how many junk thoughts are really stuck in there. So the same thing goes with the the C with the tantrums with the kids. The unintentional model is my three-year-old is crying. That is a fact that can be proven in a court of law the thought could be why is she acting like such a brat or a baby or it's so annoying and then the feeling could be annoyed the action could be yell scream or bark and then the result is proves the thought why is she acting like this she shouldn't be acting like this so be intentional about it and then the intentional model would be my three-year-old is crying The thought that I love helping parents think is instead of she's giving me a hard time, she's having a hard time. Try replacing that. Then the feeling could be love and compassion. The action could be holding the space, teaching them about emotional literacy. And then the result could be connection. And when you have connection, you have cooperation. The number on the scale is a neutral Fact of life. When you step on the scale, that is a circumstance. We think that the scale is causing our feelings. It is not, my friend. The circumstance would be the number on the scale. The thought about that number is causing your suffering, not the number on the scale. This is really good news because then we can change our T instead of trying to change our C. Everybody spends their whole life trying to change the C and when it's talking about other people and other experiences that is what i call impossible so the c is the number on the scale the thought is unintentional thought would be i am fat i'm not good enough the feeling could be frustration the action could be because you feel frustration or sadness that you eat more that you lay around more then the result would be that you don't make any changes and you just get in that stuck in that loop over and over and over So when I help people lose weight, yes, I give them the meal plan. Yes, I give them the workouts. Yes, I give them tons and tons of accountability. But if they don't change that T line, then nothing will change. Because if nothing changes, nothing changes. So the number on the scale is completely neutral. It is a fact. It can be proven in a court of law. The number on the scale is not causing your suffering. The thought about the number on the scale. So an intentional model could be, Let's say it's 250, the number on the scale. Your thought could be, I can't wait to be 150. I'm going to tackle this. See how that's much more empowering? You're still attacking the problem, but you're doing it for a much more empowering way. So your thought is, I will change this. I can't wait to be 150. I will be a size 10. I will be whatever the size is. The feeling is empowered. Then the action is you're going to actually do the action of working out, making better choices because your thought have changed. If you don't change your thinking, then the result is always the same. So you're much more likely to get to a 150 on the scale, if that's your goal, if you change your thinking. Clutter in your house. The unintentional model. There is stuff in our closet. Or stuff in our great room because I know the great room is where everybody gathers and that's where you want it to be peaceful and clear and tranquil because what's going on on the outside in the clutter is only an example and reflection of what's going on in your brain. This is really good news because once you clean up what's going on in your brain, you will be blown away by how externally everything gets cleaned up too. So external clutter just means internal clutter in the brain. And this is normal. This is what the brain does without mind management. It just means you need to manage your mind more. Doesn't mean you're lazy. Doesn't mean you're sloppy. Doesn't mean you're disorganized. Doesn't mean you're not good at time management. We put all these character assassinations on ourselves when it's just the mind doing what the mind does. The mind is trying to seek pleasure, avoid pain and be efficient. So cleaning up that great room is not natural for the brain. So it will stop us at every turn and then it will self-loathe on top of it. So there's clutter. That's neutral. We can't even call it clutter. We could just say stuff in the great room. The thought could be, I am lazy. I'm disorganized. I'll never get it together. Sentences like that, think that's going to motivate someone? I don't think so. So the feeling is overwhelmed. Then the action is just lay on the couch and be paralyzed, inaction. Then the result is there's a lot of stuff in the great room. Now, if we choose with intention, we can even have a bridge thought in there. We can choose to take control of the raffia. So the circumstance would be stuff in my great room. The thought could be, I will tackle this. I can do hard things. I am very efficient. I am very organized. These thoughts coming through your brain are much more likely to take you into action. So then the feeling would be empowered, motivated, excited. Then the action would be to get a game plan. Marie Kondo that stuff out, see what brings you joy. And then the result would be that you have an organized room. Do you see how amazing this is? And this is why I love working with people one-on-one because I will meet with you and I will say, tell me all the things. And then they'll say, my mother-in-law, she said this, you won't believe it. And then we just put everything in the model. My brain now thinks like the model. If someone says something to me, if I'm like out and about and I can't write it down, I'll get a sticky note or I'll do it in my head. Or if someone comes to me with a problem, I see their problem now only in the model because I see that there are no problems. There's only solutions. And when we argue with reality, we're always going to be wrong. So when we accept the as is and we see all things in our life, all people in our life, all experiences in our life as neutral then we get to be intentional about our thinking. Now, if the circumstance is that there's a death, the thought can be, I am sad, I miss this person. Then the feeling would be sadness. And it's okay. The model is not to happy everything up because 50% of your life is gonna be happy and joyous and overwhelmingly grateful and filled with thankfulness and gratitude. And then the other 50% is gonna be filled with the muck and the sadness, and the overwhelm, and the frustration, if we allow it. And like Glenn and Melton always says, that life is very brutal. It's so brutal and beautiful at the same time. And that's okay. You can have those parallels at the same time. It's holding down that beach ball underneath water and being afraid of our feelings is what makes it double jeopardy. It hurts double that way. So the model is not here for you to have a death in the family and then to have happy-go-lucky feelings. It's to be conscious and think about your thinking and then feel those thoughts and feel that vibration going through your body and realize it's not as scary as we've been taught. Our whole lives were taught, go for happy, go for happy, go for happy. You have to be happy all the time. Guess what? That's not part of the human experience to be happy all the time. It's okay to have negative complex emotions. That's part of the human experience. We sign up for it day in and day out. And guess what? We signed our kids up for that when we had them. And so now they're having these negative emotions or complex emotions. They're having the 50-50 experience. And we are like, wait a minute, you're not allowed to do that because you feeling uncomfortable makes me feel bad. But that makes it all about us. What if none of this is about us? It's all about feeling all our feelings and not being so scared of them because we're not so scared of them. Then we're not running from them. We're not holding the beach ball. We're not holding in the sneeze. We're not holding in the toot like Grady said. We're just letting it out let the burp out, let the sneeze out, let the beach balls just float above water and you'll realize it's just a vibration going through our body, nothing has gone wrong, it's part of the human experience and this is what we all signed up for. I hope this helped. I can't wait to talk to you next week and I love you guys so much. Talk to you soon, bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt resonating moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.